At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Mav. I'm Emily. I'm Mandy. And you're in for a treat because we're doing a, a double episode today. Woo-hoo. Partly because one of them is, is not quite as, as robust as the other and they roll into each other well. So without further ado, we are uh, starting with uh, episode uh, 11, Hairography. Uh, it is, uh, it was watched by 6.1 million U.S. viewers. It received mixed reviews from critics, and it uh, let's see, premiered November 25th, 2009. Concerned that Sue is up to no good, Will pays a visit to an instructor, guest star Eve, of a competing glee club, Jane Addams Academy, to see what information she might be leaking. This, in turn, leads to the club getting a look at their hair-raising competition between both schools, as well as a competition between the New Directions and the Haverbrook School for the Deaf. Meanwhile, Kurt gives Rachel a makeover to impress Finn, but he may have ulterior motives. Quinn reconsiders having her baby adopted and letting Puck be part of her life, but ultimately recommits to the idea. The episode ends with Sue giving the New Directions set list for sectionals to the competing clubs in order to damage New Directions' chances of progressing to regionals. Hashtag spoilers, guys. Sorry. I was going to say, this uh, intro <laughs> tells you everything that happens in the episode. It really does. It really does. So, hey, guess what? There, there's what started and ends with it. Um, yeah. And then episode episode 12, which we'll be also talking about today, Mattress, also known as Once Upon a Mattress, uh, what was viewed by 8.2 million U.S. viewers, P.S., a high point of that series up until that point, and premiered on December 2nd, 2009. When the Glee Club is left out of the yearbook because of budget cuts, everyone seems to be relieved that they won't have to suffer the ridicule of years past. Everyone except Rachel, who wants her legacy cemented in print because, of course. Meanwhile, Quinn makes it her mission to be in the Cheerios yearbook photo despite her pregnancy and terry and will's relationship is shaken to its core which i'm sure we're all on tender hooks Absolutely. I, about. I have no idea what's gonna happen no me either so that that's that's what we're talking about today hairography and mattress um interesting names for for episodes interesting episodes Were they? What, do, what do you guys think <laughs> well, I guess that answers that question. <laughs> what were they, though? I really didn't like uh, hairography. It felt like nothing but filler. And not even good, interesting filler. Just 
just filler, which sucks because the introduction of the other Glee clubs is actually should be interesting to see what their competition is like because we've seen um, Vocal Adrenaline in the past and we know that they're not the only Glee clubs in Ohio. Uh, it should be cool. And they, they had to pick like the most, uh, not outrageous other clubs, but like uh, the Jane Addams Academy is so stereotyped and actually so is the, the Deaf Academy that again, they're just, they're just weird the way they're portrayed. They're just, I mean, here's our stereotypical urban inner city school and everyone has stereotype names, which seem real super racist coming from a bunch of white writers and showrunners and staff. Uh, FYI, if you're not if you're not aware, the uh, three main girls uh, members: Aphasia, JL, and Shadonza. So, yeah, yeah. And this one was written by Ian Brennan. Like, uh, okay, was that at all necessary? I mean, I, I feel I, like I is that say- necessary is like my tagline throughout this entire episode. <laughs> Uh, in addition to the fact that most of what makes me not like hierography is all of the blatant stereotyping. Yeah. I will say the, the, the fact that the school is, is over the top and same with the, the deaf school being over the top doesn't bother me because like one of their competition schools, weren't they like, um, like old people? Mm. And then there was one that like, they all did like chamber singing. So, yeah. yeah, they they do a lot of the over ridiculous Glee Club thing, and that so that's fine for me. Um, the the stereotyping of of an inner city school that's more problematic, but it just being ridiculous and over the top that I can take. Um, the the racial stereotypes not so much. Yeah. Gee, surprise <laughs> coming from white men. Right, the non the non white school is the one where they have metal detectors and you have to scan your ID and it's run down and they're all portrayed as upcoming criminals. I'd like to say that this was a um, a satirical look on what society uh, says about you know and uh, about you know children that live in in cities and this is what we've basically conditioned them to become because this is what we see them as and so it's a self-perpetuating cycle that is basically uh started by society and by society i mean mostly white society so we basically pigeonhole people into particular ideas of them and we're going to sit satirize that in the show but i don't give it that much credit no no well, especially because within the same episode, we get the worst stereotype of Kurt as, like, catty gay kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... Okay. So, uh-huh. Okay, so yes, but also I laughed. Oh, <laughs> Are we gonna I'm fight over catty gay Kurt? No, no, it's cool. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, this is not a hill I'm defending. <laughs> like... I completely agree and understand the dislike for it. So there is no defense of it, but I, I'm just saying I, I did yeah. find it funny. I did find his expression when pointed out that Rachel's wearing a pant, pantsuit amusing. <laughs> she was ahead of her time with her pantsuit. She saw Hillary coming. 
and she represented cool. early on in a blue pantsuit. I mean, hashtag uh, Rachel's with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah I I don't know the the Kurt thing is is still just, and I think for me, and this is like going back to the fact that I watched it in the first season, and I I distinctly remember this episode despite how filler it was because it made me really dislike Kurt. Because the whole show was sold on the idea of, like, the losers and the underdogs. Mm-hmm. And then they make the only out gay kid the, like, blatant villain. So the sympathetic underdogs are the pretty straight white ones. Like, it, I remember being, like, very frustrated with that. And there's, um, yeah, and there's there's no, uh, there's no possible outcome for Kurt in this, his little scheme. And he knows it. Like, he knows he doesn't stand a chance with Finn. It's not like he's fucking Rachel over because he thinks, if I can just get her out of the way, Finn will see me for who I am and we can work something out. Like, he he knows that's not going to happen. And he does it. But does he know? I mean, I I think he he knows that Finn, I think he knows pretty well that Finn is straight and is not at all questioning. I'm going to argue that while he, he deep down, he knows I can, I can believe the argument that he's incredibly lonely and just kind of to the point of, I'm going to try, I'm going to do it and it'll be fine. And it'll be like, it'll totally work out. And he's telling himself like lies that yes, he knows there are lies, but he's going to believe the lies because he wants to. So I can believe that. I can believe that argument. I mean, even um, if I wanted to give Kurt that much of the benefit of the doubt, how he goes about it is, mm-hmm. like, just petty and mean. Like, yeah. almost cruel. I mean, considering Rachel seems to believe everything he says right away, I would say almost cruel. Um, and yeah. it's not about Kurt trying to make Finn fall in love with him. It's just about making sure that Finn isn't happy with the person he's with now. Yeah. Which I don't think and this is an issue with like the writing that i have um that i just don't think it makes sense unless kurt is supposed to be out and out just like someone you dislike yeah and it knowing what kurt and rachel's relationship like the ups and downs of well that's a whole other problem but knowing how their relationship starts to play out it's such a weird beginning when they the writers want you to see them with a developing friendship and that they're going to be there for each other and they compete and they go back and forth. But in the end, the, the, the words that come out of the characters' mouths tell us that they're friends, but all of their real actions tell us that they're not. And starting out their, their care, their uh, friendship arc with Kurt purposefully lying to Rachel to ruin her chance with Finn is such it's such a weird beginning to that that it feels like for me they never really get past like and that's a whole other like series long question of are Kurt and Rachel actually friends but for me they're they're never really friends and it that is it that is a kind of starts here I I mean that's a much bigger question to tackle but I I that's a season like 12 question like six seasons in a movie are they friends and I say no (laughs) but like whatever I'm gonna agree with you and will say a lot of my evidence will come in later but um yeah this is definitely one of them I think I consider them high school friends in that we have limited um there there's limited options 
yeah for friendship where we're at that you know are sympathetic to my what i life and my my goals and my work ethic um and and the fact that you're weird and i'm gay and i'm and you know and we're, we're able to understand each other so we don't have a lot of options yeah so it's, it's you or nobody yeah yeah but actually deep down no yeah. i never i never really saw them as besties i saw rachel not rachel uh kurt and mercedes as yeah as friends and i and i definitely think part of that is is starts from this episode and and various others but i always saw them as more frenemies mm-hmm. yeah. and high school friends than actual friends which is fine like that's a cool relationship that they could have developed the, the actual frenemy like having a respect for another person but really not being their friend or maybe they don't yeah yeah. so and i i say that's that's my favorite way of reading a reading a fic is when they go is when they have kurt kind of acknowledge it's like yeah i like her but not really yeah and it's like she's her own thing but people that because i i i you know taken a lot more fic as canon than I did actual canon I guess it was always strange to me to read no no nobody here does um it was always strange to me to read a story where they depicted Rachel and it's Kurt's relationship as super super best friendy unless it was so far in the future and Rachel had had like some sort of come to Jesus right you know thing it's like I didn't quite understand that I'm like I don't see that relationship yep so this took a turn down a different path. Anyway. <laughs> but I like it. This is something I, I definitely think this is something we, we will be coming back to talk about. Um, oh. their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. and why and in question mark. It does like, take what? interesting turns throughout the seasons. I just think I think it does that while the writers are still trying to tell you, but they're friends. Like, no, they're not, and that's okay. It's- you know, it's definitely one of those things where it's like show, don't tell, where it's yeah. where they're like, we're telling you they're friends. It's like, yeah, but you're not showing me. What yeah. you're showing me is that they're not friends. Yeah, yeah I mean, even, even if you're going to tell, at least don't make what you're showing the opposite of what you're telling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give it a chance to be true. And I'm not, not going to say that this, this is something parodied in real life but i it's something parodied in real life uh i'm just gonna there are there are some people that say things and i'm like it doesn't look that way okay. i'm gonna leave it at that i think maybe you're lying a little bit I, um, I, I, I don't think those words mean what you think they mean i mean other, saying, yeah. other than that i i don't know what else happen in this episode of importance honestly oh there there Um, is one other thing that i wanted to mention and that is that this is kind of the start of britney and santana's oh mm -hmm. i i say relationship though it's clear that kind of similar to kurt like they wanted to have a little bit i'm not even gonna say britney and santana were queer representation but they weren't ignoring the fact that queerness exists Mm-hmm. But also, it was pretty strictly to be used for either one-liners or when they needed a prop for a different storyline. Right. Yeah. Actually, and I think um, I think there was one a moment in the last episode when um, I think Santana pulls Brittany's name out of the thing, and there's just like a flirty little mm-hmm. moment. 
and I yeah I mean I kind of shipped it but as like oh yeah that's a thing that's happening yeah but yeah so in hindsight maybe there are more moments of that than uh yeah this was just the first like oh they're having sex line <laughs> yeah yeah I will say um Tina leads a song oh yes yeah so that yes Although that did make you know, me somebody like, else how the fuck did they get these harmonies together so quickly? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're going to sing True Colors. Boom, the arrangement is done. The magic of glee. Ta-da! That's fucking then, logic uh, that I'll, I'll allow, I guess. Or maybe then, it was just uh, all Brad, the piano guy. <laughs> like, Brad, Brad was working overtime. Yeah. Unsung hero. Quietly just redoing entire, entire melodies all... You know, all in his time off. Yeah. I hope he got paid overtime. Oh, in the public school? <laughs> Unlikely. Um, but yeah, and then there was the song done by the uh, deaf school that uh, was really cool, and then and they got overshadowed by... Right. Yeah. yeah. New Direction to be like, we can sing that song. And it's like, that's kind of not the point. It was but, really okay. cool until it got taken over. Yeah, how about that? Um, fun fact... One of the girls in the front of that, Trishel, is mm-hmm. currently in Children of a Lesser God on Broadway, and she was in the Death West Spring Awakening. Oh, nice. So she did well for herself after this. Good for her. Yeah, good also for Also, fun fact, uh, lead of the Jane Addams uh, Glee Club was originally written for Whitney Houston, which I think would have been an amazing casting decision. Obviously, it, it didn't happen, but yeah. I love Eve fine but that would have been interesting yeah which is yeah that would have been cool yeah and also really interesting if they had done the whitney houston episode in With canon her? and had had houston in the mm-hmm. show even though mm-hmm. not as her it would have been it would have been interesting i um, if we're yeah. on the songs i really didn't like the crazy in love hair matchup like it just didn't sound good no and i really don't like when they have Artie as like black adjacent, yeah, and his dreadlock wig, a lot. yeah, I, I, they do it a lot because Kevin McHale has that he can do like the soulful, you know, kind of R and B style, and that's fine. But sticking him in a dreadlock dreadlock wig, and uh, there's like coding that happens, and it it's not cool. They got to tone that shit down. I I'm I'm here for Kevin McHale being put in an R&B like role musically yeah but not visually right yeah (laughs) if that makes sense so um I I think he's got considering they have mostly white people um what he does that role better than than some other people they've had rapping I'm not gonna name names at this point um but uh Shoe beam. So, uh, but yeah, I just, I, the, visually, no. No, no. It's just not necessary. Just no, you know, him, yeah, just let him sing. He doesn't need to, doesn't need to Kevin McHale needs no <laughs> He doesn't need this shit from you. Yeah. No, he doesn't. But yeah, I can't, I can't actually say that any of the songs were like, I like this song. Um, some of them were okay, but I was just like, hmm. They were pretty underwhelming, yeah. Yeah, The whole episode was just pretty underwhelming. 
I liked how they tried so hard to have a unifying theme about distraction with the hierography distracting from the judges and Rachel distracting Finn and all this kind of shit. And I was like, but what is Glee distracting us from? <laughs> they just like, they tried so the hard. The show itself. <laughs> they just tried so, so hard to make it to make a cohesive theme that it feels preachy and like every time someone said distraction I was like and take a drink yeah <laughs> the word of the day ah! <laughs> um ding ding I I felt like this was the perfect episode to highlight why we need 13 or 14 episode seasons yeah um as it's like this this episode had no use at all mm-hmm. it didn't and maybe we could cut this out and we could tighten up our plot and it could be better if we didn't have to fill 22 episodes of nonsense. Yeah. So yes, it was perfect in that regard. <laughs> it's perfect. But yeah. uh, speaking of, of, I guess, episodes that are little, that are better with plot, um, Mattress. Mattress, yeah. AKA Once Upon a Mattress. Which is AKA- a musical. Okay, the only thing I think most of us, or at least I remembered from this episode prior to watching, was, hey, the mattress commercial. Oh, and, yeah. and And Kurt jumps around on a mattress and looks adorable. It's the second greatest Glee commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one, especially watching it literally back-to-back with um, Herography, I was like, oh, thank you, this was this was better because people behaved in ways that I uh, agree, not agreed with that I accepted as Canon, right? Like I believed that Rachel was going to prep for yearbook photos, even though I didn't necessarily believe that she was in all of those other clubs that we've never heard about and have never seen her in. I did, I did believe that she is the, the kid in school who's going to be as involved as possible because it will get her something else later. Not because she enjoys the clubs, but because down the line you can write in your college application. I was a part of this and I did this and I did it. And then like, I, I believe that Quinn wanted to be in that photo to like prove that that part of her was still there. And then, you know, the, the Terry, Mr. Shoe, uh, baby, fiasco finally what I want to know, comes to a head there what i want to know why did rachel worry about getting into niata and having extracurriculars if she was in every fucking club ever this this year did she just decide to take the rest of the high school year like high school uh years off uh yes they forget they in all of the clubs Probably. I mean, the other thing that this reminded me of is just, like, what is the fucking timeline of this show? Like, Quinn... So so Rachel showed us that she was in last year's yearbook photos, right? So she was in those the year before. Oh, as yeah. A, as a freshman? Because I, I, my assumption is that in season one, they are sophomores. Right. Right? And but yeah. Quinn Quinn is head cheerleader as a sophomore and she was at the top of the pyramid in the previous year's yearbook photo. So was she also head as a freshman? Because in season I two, how awesome 
understand that uh, Quinn is. I don't understand. <laughs> I surely there's no one else on the cheerleading squad who is better than a freshman. Nobody. But but yeah, no, it's a good point. It's like you know, Rachel was so concerned about getting into a fictional school that she forgot all the things she had done the last several years of high school. I mean. Or maybe maybe Niata doesn't care about uh, the geography club or whatever the fuck she was in. I mean, they probably wouldn't. Yeah, really, really don't. Before we get into, like, the Terry baby thing, something that Mm -hmm. bothered me just structurally in this episode, uh, from, like, a writing standpoint, was the pacing. Because they shoot the commercial like halfway through in the second act when it seems like Mm. the commercial itself feels like the not quite the cold open but like the beginning it's the a plot and should happen in the first act to let the the rest of the fallout of it happen in the second and third act and and all this like all the photo stuff all the the actual like taking photos and um the the song, like all these other things that happen in the first act take up like 18 minutes, 20 minutes of an episode. And you don't even get to this commercial until the middle second act. And then you only have 15 some minutes to deal with what is actually the big crescendo of the episode of the reveal. And then it's, they're still ending. Like they still have to Sue declares her little victory and, it just it was weirdly structured when the the baby reveal should have been it, it, it's kind of like sandwiched between two lighthearted things when it felt like it needed to really exist on its own because it's such a dark scene actually it really is like in comparison the tone of that scene and what surrounds it you're just like wait what the fuck just happened why are we <laughs> what I also feel like a lot happened this episode. A lot not even happens. that they not that, not that they even um, the t- the not the tone um, as you were saying the <sighs> words words are hard. That's my um, whole life, man. I'm not even drinking. I am. It's a real good thing I don't have a job that requires me to like write words <laughs> for a living because that suck. I'm drinking uh, today. Spoiler: I do. Um, the tone, the plot, what was the word that you used that I now cannot think of? The structure? Thank you. I'll go with that. We're <laughs> going to have to cut all of that. The, the act All of me not being able to talk. <laughs> but no, the structure and the timing. The timing um, of the episode itself I thought was bad, but also the timing as far as like what happened in what episode was bad. Because yeah. you had hierography yeah. where it's like, this was nothing. Literally... You know, Schuster makes up his own problem and solves it in an episode. Yeah. And then in this yeah. one, you have, you know, you have issues with, with the Glee Club being able to go to sectionals. You have the baby drama. You have the mattress, uh, you know, a commercial happening. You have the, uh, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> coming mm-hmm. to a head. Yeah. And it, a lot of what we had been working towards. Um, I guess structurally within a season, it's it's just a little over halfway. Um, it's just just over halfway. Uh, um, yeah, because there are twenty two episodes, yeah, right? right? That's what I thought. Okay. 
Yeah. And yeah, and, that, and this would be 12. So this is just over the halfway point. And we're starting to, you know, have that, that coalescence of a lot of the um, storylines that we've been dealing with up until now all at once. So it's sort of like, okay, this is, this is a mass. I feel like we could have spread some of this out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it does feel like they could have rearranged some of the things like the, the um, yearbook photo did not need to happen thematically with the baby reveal. Like it didn't, they don't really tie together in a way that that made them interesting together. They just felt uh, disparate and weird. Especially because that like the baby thing is so important, and it and it's it's important because it's been led up to in the last twelve episodes, right? Yeah, and okay. and it's so even if you remove how weird it is, like a baby swap hardly ever works in uh, media. And it's a hard thing to do because it's so ridiculous and it, but it, but it also comes with such deep seated emotion that combining them is hard and having the scene, which we just said like is, is dark and not scary, but, but really intense mm-hmm. and, and for once kind of like well acted in some ways, but uh, it needed, I think, space to breathe on either side. It needed more of of recovery, even, for the audience to then be like, wow, okay. Um, Terry, who we've been with for 12 episodes, her worst nightmare has come true of her own making. Like, she she made this happen, trying to prevent it from happening. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot to take in. And it just kind of I feel like- happens. I feel like they put the lighthearted scenes around it to emphasize like the darkness and maybe again, yeah, tonally, not not you know obviously uh, visually or anything like that. And so I can understand like okay, I see why you did that. It was doing a juxtaposition, and you really want to make it stand out. But I don't feel it worked. Yeah, because the other scenes were just so ridiculous that it's like this yes it's a juxtaposition of of ridiculous um yearbook photos and then and then baby drama but not but not in a way that works as a juxtaposition it just makes it just yanks me back and forth and it's like I just feel like I'm watching tonally different shows yeah that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I'm and, and considering, again, we've been, as you said, we've been following Terry for 12, epi- you know, 11 episodes following this drama, I would have wanted that discovery scene to resonate more. Yes. I know this is, the show is what it is, but like, Macri. Yeah. And I, it was shot fine. Like the argument itself that was happening felt strange where I felt like you needed to feel for Will and not for Terry like you needed to be on his side the way it was framed and I I mean I know where we stand I don't know how everybody else watching this show stood but where where I was standing I'm more like on Terry's side so when the argument is how could you do this to us I'm thinking what the fuck have you done like how did you how did you not notice how 
how all of the, you know, all these things that have led up to this, like, where were you? How dare you yell at her instead yeah. of asking why did you do this? Like, yeah, like and- maybe there's a fucking good reason why she did this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. He really has been falling in love with someone else and being distant. Yeah. Like, that yeah. That actually happened. It literally happened. And, and it's happening. <laughs> and it happened as she was trying to keep him. And she had a fantastic line of saying, you loved the girl you met when you were 15. And she's absolutely yeah. right. And she's kind of trying to been yeah. to have uh, tell him that at, throughout the season, right? Like with, you know, you're trying to relive your high school glory days and even buying him the car, knowing that it is a regressive thing to do. She's still, tr- she's still trying, knowing that it's not going to work and knowing that she's really aiding in his his high school fantasies yeah and she's not wrong and they terry definitely went about shit wrong right yeah no but at the same time it's like i think she pegged will uh and his character better than anybody else Mm -hmm. also outside of the fact that she's has a abrasive personality and and solves things inaccurately. Like she's probably better for Will than than Emma would it be? Because frankly, I feel like Emma indulges his high school like regression. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Uh, she's Terry's constantly like we're not in high school. Like mm-hmm. you need to focus on you know our home life and our family and not yeah. constantly yeah. always involved with the Glee Club and and re and reliving your past glories and it's like that's that's you kind of need that will because yeah frankly without yeah. it you jump in front of the glee club and be like i have to take over and sing the song and they don't need that so interestingly i think terry's a better person for will but you know and she's not just maybe if she went a little maybe she went to therapy <laughs> yeah this whole conversation about like terry and will reminds me of like whatever the post on tumblr is that says um you know you're an adult when you watch rent and all you think is wow benny was just trying to help <laughs> like i watched this and yes. I'm like, terry has adult priorities she wants her husband to not be so obsessed with his job that mm-hmm. he like isn't present in their marriage at all she's went about it really badly yeah but she had the adult perspective that Will does not have. Yes. Like, she's wrong, and yet. Oh, and it, yeah. it's when, you know, when she was, she she wasn't totally off base when she was telling him, like, get a different job, like that accounting job that he was applying for or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it pays better. It affords him vacation time. It does all these things that as a, a traditional adult, kind of makes more sense when you're in uh you know a a relationship you're potentially starting a family you have a fuck ton of bills to pay like there are i'm not gonna say there are requirements because like the way uh society is set up right now isn't necessarily the best way to do things but there is an argument to be made about a level of maturity and financial stability when you reach a certain age and you have certain responsibilities that he was not really living up to and she wasn't either, but she did seem to be taking a more traditional at-home role, for better or worse. Like, it's not for me, but 
that was kind of how they were separating uh, duties, so to speak. Yeah. So her, mm-hmm. again, she doesn't go around about things the right way, but she does have better intentions, I think. Yeah, I feel like with with maybe a couple months of therapy, maybe some some meds that kind of help with some brain chemistry, like Terry's going to be in a better place. She's not going to be with Shu. She obviously had better priorities mm. in life, uh, understandable adult priorities. Yeah. And again, I, I agree with you. And and this isn't to say that being a teacher isn't a fulfilling and, and great uh, job to have, no matter yeah. your at home family responsibilities. But yeah, it's, it's unfortunately um, not the best paying as, as yeah. I'm sure many of us are aware of in the United States with so many of our teachers having to go on strike for basic necessities. Paying so, teachers more. Society, yes. That, that's, that's the point of this podcast. Pay teachers more. And Pay then maybe that argument wouldn't have happened with Terry. Well, but um, needless to say, yeah, like she had a much more adult understanding. I'm far more sympathetic to her in this argument. And while also knowing that I'm not supposed to be, Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know I'm predisposed to dislike anything shoe related because I just dislike shoe. But like <laughs> I, I have difficulty getting over going. Yeah, but you're not asking why. You're just mm-hmm. you're you're not you're not asking why. This is a massive thing to do. It's not just a little lie. It's like she did it and continued and put time and effort and had like, um, like baby bump stuff and stuff so it's like she had to do a lot for this yeah you're not at all curious as to why or maybe you know why and you don't want to ask it because then that's going to make you be a little bit more introspective as to fucking why and again that's my shoe hatred coming out sorry not sorry (laughs) fuck that guy oh god it's and then also um i'm gonna seg- i'm gonna use that to segue into uh it's all will's fault that they um had you know with the mattresses that they couldn't send it back because he slept on one really right. you fucking yeah. slept in your office yeah really first of all you're not gonna fucking lie you slept on it once and you're and it's now soiled so you can't return it i don't think that's how that works you fucking lie you never slept on it um also if, if what were you doing in your office that one night that you were sleeping there? That's creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many things that I have issues with. Why didn't you just get a hotel room? Why didn't you sleep on the couch? Yeah. Do you not have adult friends that you can go stay in their place? I mean, as far as we know, no, he doesn't have adult friends. I mean, I mean fair. Fair. Like, he apparently didn't have anybody he could go stay with. Yeah, apparently not. Which is sad. Uh, yeah, which just, I mean, makes me go, you need you need adult friends. Yeah, he does. Who and aren't Emma. Yeah. You need adult friends who don't, who don't enable you. <laughs> Fucking will. So, shoe aside, the other things happening in this, uh, in this episode, we have yeah. the, uh, the mattress, um, commercial, which... Mm-hmm. I enjoyed quite a bit because it's adorable. I liked yep. this, I liked the song. I liked the um, the commercial. I like that Rachel essentially uh, 
came in being like, I booked a gig, our first gig. Yeah. I don't know if I don't believe that she didn't know the, um, the rules. School, uh, yeah, the choir bylaws, considering like later episodes, how much they get into like show choir blogs and like all that. I'm like, you're telling me Rachel Berry didn't realize that except, you know, doing a commercial would um, uh, uh, violate them going to sectionals. Maybe yeah. she didn't know that they were going to get, you know, Will was going to accept a mattress and payment. I don't know. But um, that part I don't know, so I believe. I think Rachel yeah, that- Berry would. I think she would know, but you know that falls under fuck it logic, I guess. <laughs> it falls under we need, yeah, we need something here. We um, we got the rights to this song and we want to use it. So, yeah. so gotta use it. Yeah, we need a reason for everybody to jump around. Jump, jump. So this is when we're still doing. Can we, can we also say all of their faces, their the entire like song, were like the best. They were. That was fun. That was it. Was good, you know. It looked mm-hmm. complicated. It looked like someone probably got smacked in the face a couple times. Probably. Yeah. Definitely seems like a thing that probably happened. Maybe someone got some whiplash. <laughs> somebody got bounced off of a mattress. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened. Feels like a thing that would happen on that show. I guess I, I believe that they wouldn't want to be in the yearbook photo, but I also thought it was interesting that once again, Shu didn't care about what the club wanted. He's got like yeah, everyone. Yeah, he really didn't. Everyone's telling them like, this is not a thing that we want. Can we move on? And he's like, no, you're going to want these memories. Like they have the memories. They don't need a fucking photo in the yearbook. It's cool. Yep. Cell phones exist now. They, they got <laughs> plenty of memories. They got plenty of memories. Also, you is it really you just want to... Yeah. have that memory because I think or or you want to be reminded of your memory of being in the yearbook because that's, that's what I think it is what I'm feeling here is that this when fuck you back say you want those memories what you mean yeah. is... what you really mean I mean that, that pretty much summarizes a lot of his character ignoring what other people want in order yeah. to recapture something he wanted at that age <laughs> ding ding yeah I, I... Yeah, exactly. I believe and tr- you know every other depiction of of the Glee kids, other than Rachel. But everybody else, their reactions, I felt to be, no, that sounds legit. Like I can believe Finn being, like, not duped into, but like pulled into being in you know in the in the uh, picture with her, and then basically backing out. Yeah, yeah I can mm-hmm. believe that. I can see him doing that. I am. Um, I can see, I can totally see Rachel going, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself then, because that's what we've seen of her, and by the way, kudos to that, like, I do, I do enjoy that, the few times where we get to see her being, like, fuck it, I'll do it myself, like, I appreciate that part of it. Yeah, I, I really liked that moment of her, and that strength of doing it, knowing it'll get defaced, knowing that no one else is going to be in there, um, with her and I liked her line of saying um stop being defined by how other people think of you mm-hmm. it, I love the sentiment even though she definitely defines herself by how other people think of her and continues to do so but yeah. it's it's a great goal for people to have to not be defined by others impressions of you so this proves that yeah. once in a while Glee accidentally slips in some yes. genuine advice for teenagers yes because it, it only works when you 
<laughs> when you slide into it, when you're just yeah beating someone in the face with it, it doesn't work because you're like, oh god, stop fucking preaching to me. I get it. High school sucks, but if you can, if you can come at the the lesson or the morality obliquely, you it just comes across better. It comes across truthfully, and you, it's like telling a teenager that life gets better when you graduate high school, and then show and and showing them, yeah, that things that high school is not that important because it's not. If anyone is under twenty one listening to this, high school doesn't matter. It's fine. And the people that are still holding on to high school being super important yeah. are shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't be a shoe. Don't. Yeah. Don't be a shoe. Don't be a shoe. That's <laughs> that is going. That is that is the uh, episode named. Don't Got be it. a shoe. Don't be a shoe. I'm writing it down. It's done. <laughs> but yeah. I occasionally um, they give Rachel Berry these these uh, hashtag feminist like pro woman points that I'm like yes I like that about Which- her even if. It would frustrate the like she yeah. frustrates the fuck out of me. I respect that level of of like fuck it, I'm gonna do it. That's um, what frustrates me so much is that in the previous fucking episode, she redid her entire appearance. Yeah. For Finn, mm-hmm. on the advice of another guy, and then in this episode, she's like, "Fuck all of you, I'm gonna take this photo by myself, and I look fabulous doing it." And while I do, God damn it, I do understand, and I do know that teenagers can be like multifaceted and fickle and change that's not how it feels it just feels like you're going back and forth on her characterization and I like it when she is this is who I am this is what I want and I am driven and that's like some people are gonna like it and some people aren't and the friction you get is when it comes up against when people don't like it because she's uncompromising about herself it also feels like it I goes back and forth because it does, because we have the memory of the rest of the seasons as it continues to do that. So it's not, it's not yeah, just yeah. this one. It's other instances throughout the series where she has a great moment of like, I'm just going to fucking do this and this is my dream and screw all of you. And then later it's like, but Finn, like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, pick. Yeah. And I mean, I could even, I, I could even, I could understand how some people could even make the argument Oh, but it's just Finn she has that issue with because she just really likes him. But she also gets like she also gets that way with like Quinn and like mm-hmm. some of the other girls, like in other seasons as well. So it's not just oh, Finn's opinion matters. She's she does kind of go back and forth on other people's opinion and yeah. wanting to change for that. I mean, she does a whole New York um makeover when she's in New York. I mean, she does a lot. She does that a lot. And yeah. so it, she's it, also got the whole makes, nose job episode. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I, I get frustrated when they aren't genuine to that particular side of her and short sell it. So I, I liked her this episode, even though she frustrated me and annoyed me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I frustrated and annoyed in a, in an appreciative sense as much as one can, I guess. Right. If, that, if that's clear. Yeah, it is. Makes sense. Um, one thing I didn't like, um, I'm going to be petty. What? But I know that's not a thing I do. Us? But, petty? Uh, yeah. She and Finn sang Lily Allen, and that's just going to be a hard... <laughs> that's a <laughs> hard pass. It's a hard no. No, you're not doing this. 
Okay, like, also, she sounded bad, too. Like, she was weirdly auto-toned for that. Auto-tuned. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's just, no. So, uh, there, there's not, there's not often a time where I'm just like, this song was, this song just should not have happened. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, mm-hmm. I was just like, eh, whatever. This song should not have happened, and it bothered me. That's fair, that's fair. Partly because I'll, I, I'll I do my little, yeah, I like her music. I love Smile. I like both versions of it and this was not 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 one of the both versions that i like <laughs> mm. yeah i mean the second smile was a little more poignant i guess a little more well used oh, Charlie, Charlie yeah yeah and then later used right for the jane lynch um tribute thing at uh trevor right oh yeah yeah just gonna put that on the table yeah it gonna set that down and walk away from it yeah, I don't know. This, this episode was underwhelming in use in um for the songs, right? There was the Lily Allen, there was Jump, which like was cool because it was in the commercial and it really fit the commercial. But then mm-hmm. the second one was Smile, and that was it. There were the three songs, and the first song came like sixteen, seventeen minutes into the episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this episode. I think so much going on out they couldn't really add um extra songs which on one hand I I appreciate um that they didn't just randomly try to throw in songs that didn't like additional songs that didn't make sense but uh but yeah it just it wasn't there wasn't much on the on the actual glee side of it I guess so here's like here's a question that I think we can maybe ask ask the audience uh and then also think about going forward in the the podcast is it seems to me and I'm kind of scrolling through uh my iTunes real quick just to see if I'm totally wrong or not but later seasons have so many more songs per episode than these early this like season one especially later episodes will have five six seven songs that made it into like iTunes right where you could actually purchase the song as a single is that do we like that or or is it better that some episodes really even though it's called glee and it's about a glee club don't really have any songs that propel the episode or really stand out that instead they use the screen time for dialogue and action rather than a song or do we does it matter at all I have a couple. I have a couple theories. Do we want? Do we want to hold off and and have a poll and then give our theories next episode, and give our own thoughts next episode and see what our audience says first? Uh, I mean, I just think it's a, you know it's something I think we can look at and think about throughout the rest of the episodes. Is wow, this episode had two songs, but were they well used enough that that's okay? And and do Glee episodes need to be defined by how many songs they even have? Because sometimes they have seven songs and they they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know sometimes I, they I have a couple like, songs and they're great. I I, I personally believe that um, we got more songs released later. Uh, one because they were able to get rights uh, to more songs easier because they had they were like cool this is an established property it's a lot easier yeah. to get rights and they're but making two, us money. Yeah, that's the thing is that they started to see this as an alternative revenue stream as opposed to just an additional extra and so it became more of a okay we need to release more of these because this will make an additional amount of money as opposed to just like small change um 
Honestly, I think that's I think that's probably the real answer is that selling these albums makes a ton of money. Even just individual singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I mean, like yes, the songs, like the actual songs, sell (laughs) fuck ton of money. I I would go so far as to say that the re one of the reasons why Glee went on as long as it did was that they were able to make um their money that they were able to make their money in in music yeah um in music sales as opposed to just um ad sales you know ad ad sales or even you know what you would sell as far as like second um second screen viewing on on like netflix or hulu or whatever yeah so they're able to actually kind of get the money more from that additional revenue stream and that's keeping it around as opposed to something like CSI, you don't really have that additional revenue stream. So, you know, <laughs> I, although if they want to make a CSI like musical, like I, I, I'll be honest, I would watch it at least at the beginning to see what the fuck was going on. Oh yeah, that yeah I'm just I'm, I'm scrolling through like my embarrassing iTunes collection just looking at like god these are a lot of songs in some of these episodes and I don't even think I downloaded There's a all of them why nobody, nobody outside of fandom is allowed to look at my iTunes <laughs> inside That's fandom fair. it's okay because you understand but outside fandom you do not get to see it because you're going to be there's going to be judgment and frankly it might be deserved and frankly I don't want to talk about it yeah <laughs> oh that PTSD Okay. How to how to explain that every song from the Glee soundtrack just reminds you of a traumatic time in your life? And not and, and, and not to derail this entirely, but it's not even just the the Glee song will come up on the radio, and I'm just like, there is too much here to unpack. I need to like <laughs> fucking move on. Do you I ever have my initial song yeah. from when it was recorded? And the, the night of filming, the, the shit around around fandom going on. So, like, this is a lot. Do I need you, to not listen to this song. Do you remember when people started pulling audio clips from the various websites and posting the audio clips to Tumblr with no fucking context as to what the clip was about, where it was from, or any other information, and flipping a shit over, like, two seconds of dialogue or, like, the title of a song and trying to yeah. decide where in the episode the song was gonna go and then like three days later I... they would release the order of the songs and then the argument would start all the way fuck over again the one I that i the one that i panic I really, <laughs> the one that the one that's out of my brain and i'm sure you guys both feel similarly was when we saw teenage dream acoustic version oh god <laughs> It went nuts, and we got excited, and we were like, "Oh my god, this is gonna!" Along be with, along with, don't speak. I remember people started going, "Wait, yep. wait, yeah, do we want this?" Yeah, yeah. and then we're and, and then we're going like, "Wait, and what? Where in the where in the where in the uh, the the show do these songs come in? Maybe yeah. maybe don't speak early, and then it ends on the teenage, and it's like a and it's like a reconnection kind of thing." My favorite theory was that he plays it. And like as a as a reminder to Kurt to, and they and they get back together, and that is not what happened. That's that is not, not how it went. That's that's News. really not Spoiler. what happened. Yeah, because like <laughs> like oh my god, and then they realized he was gonna sing it live, and it was both 
elation oh, yeah. and also abject horror yeah. of what was happening. Because we just went, oh fuck, this is just this just got worse. Yeah. <laughs> Both got better and worse at the same time. I got I started to get really uh, angry when people would um meta the songs before the episode would come out. I was like, mm-hmm. you guys don't fucking do you not remember what happened with Teenage Dream? Like, could we calm the fuck down before we start meta-ing what is going on? Because <laughs> we fucked also, up the first time. That and then I got angry when people when we would meta the that God I don't remember the song uh but Darren sang it later um oh yeah that one song that he sang and he and he basically said yeah that just that one but he basically sang it to Sam oh do you remember yes um because we were all like oh my God this song is awesome and then we found out like he sings it to Sam and we and everybody was just like what (laughs) the fuck (laughs) oh my God it was um. It was in season four. Was it four? Because I know what I you're talking was... about. I can like, I can picture it because he's at the, oh, all are, um, no. Um... What was it? I didn't think, I didn't think it was. Shit. What's okay. Was hold, listeners, hold on. We've got it. We've got to check this shit out. <laughs> Trying to Google Blade Anderson songs does not narrow shit down, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Uh. Yeah, it was um against yeah. all odds. Okay, okay, that right? yes. the Collins against all odds. The, take a look at me now. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I, right. it, yes, because I thought it worked really well within a curtain Blaine storyline and 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 his like coming to terms with things and like moving on, not moving on, but like getting through shit. Yeah, and, like um something that would and I thought it would work well for him and with Kurt seeing it and just like See, it has to do with your Sam crush. What the. Fuck. I mean, I don't even want to talk about the Sam crush anyway, but like ruining a Phil Collins song for that shit is unconscionable. I mean, we can talk about it when it happens to talk yeah. about. I'm like, <laughs> I understand and I'm okay with it in sense. Like, superficially, I was good with it. Like, he can have a superficial crush. That's fine. Sort of like how, how Tina can have a superficial crush. That's fine. Hey, because oh, that uh, makes sense uh, when people uh, are attract, like attractive. You can find them attractive but like anything below that like let's let's come on i mean it now speak to glee's misuse of songs the way we're kind of saying that lily allen's smile was misused yeah if yeah. we're gonna tie this they, back they, around they, to this episode can, can so, i uh, quickly well, mention well, my favorite misused song and i say that absolutely yes. legitimately it's a horrible song for this scene, and I love it so much. <laughs> Somebody that I used to know oh, with yes. Blaine and Cooper. <laughs> that is a great use of songs. I don't no, know what you're talking No, it's a horrible about. use for that song, and I would not have wanted them to do it differently. I just, I want to know oh, what God. that conversation at, like, the table read was like. Like, so wait, we're brothers, somehow, and we're going to sing a breakup song and no one's Honestly, gonna ask questions. I expect, I expect Aaron to have looked over at Matt Bomer and like, like just like like a brief up and down and been like, yep, yeah, no, I'm good with this. <laughs> yep, no, it's totally makes sense. Yeah, we're going with it. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, that's the vibe I got watching the episode. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's not it's not even that, I'm, I'm gonna expand on this, I'm sorry, Emily, you can bring this back to this episode, but I no, must I just, continue down this quick, path. I think we should do, I think we should like open up a quick, Twitter thing of like, what are your favorite misused songs? Yeah. Like your favorite mistakes. Yes. And then we can do like, we'll your gather favorite. up 
some of them and we can do like a poll of the ultimate favorite misused glee song where they used it in a in a scene in a way that you were just like what the fuck yeah and i'm sure there are more but and we can talk about more of our favorites as well next next episode and your favorites please tell us why you liked it that way um i love that love this idea i want to i want to hear from everybody's like favorite misuse song i also and this is going to be a different poll for a different podcast but i also want to hear songs people are sad never got actually got used oh yeah and what they would have liked to hear so that's going to happen later for you guys just we can cut this part out but that is a thing i have i have a whole list of songs I don't know. Like, well, also songs I'm just angry that were done wrong. Yeah. Well, that would be misused. Okay. Okay. In the, in right? which case, can I also add one more to my misused? Yes. Um, Piano Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. You do not sing Piano Man upbeat and bubbly <laughs> and happy. Yeah, it's true. Excuse yeah. me. You are depressed. You are drinking scotch, and your voice is a little growly from smoking a cigarette. Yes. And it is dark and you're in a fucking dingy ass club and I will not hear I mean it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. Exactly. And the regular crowd shuffles in. Not Don't they give... not they bebop into the shittiest restaurant in Times Square. No. Considering who I I was so excited to hear that they were that Darren was singing Piano Man because I, I I've got I've heard a snippet of it. I wanted a studio version. What I got was kids bop still angry <laughs> kids bop i mean you know considering the uh junior blaine fiasco maybe it was kids bop god just it's not like it is not how you do how how dare you do billy joel wrong like that how dare you oh, oh okay i think i'm done now. okay i'm sure i'll think about this before our next recording and then we'll spend 30 minutes talking about him Anyway, the point being here that the title of the song and the lyrics <laughs> don't necessarily correlate to the feeling of the scene, ergo smile. Well done. Thank you. There we go. Appreciate it. Done. Uh, Brought it back. Good job. I, I love it. I love it. Thank, I don't think ergo was the right word to use there, but it's what felt right. Vis-a-vis. I think it was V. I think I meant vis-a-vis. Fuck. Anyway. I'm good with that. In, in any case, in any we case. got there. We got back, to, we got back on topic. So I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. That's my favorite not... tangent so far. <laughs> um, at least, hey, at least it's on Glee. Like, we've got all tangents that aren't on Glee. That's true. We're, We're just at least really, on topic. We're just really ish. desperate to get to season two. It's just, I, I feel like season one would have, and I've said this so many times, I'm a broken record. I'm starting to sound like Glee itself right now. I feel I would have appreciated the season more if it was 13 episodes it would have been much tighter. It would have been, it would have happened um, quicker. There would have been more to talk about with each episode. Even this episode where we go, a lot happens. We're yeah. still struggling at times to focus just on this. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's hard to delve into, you know, episodes like hairography when you're like, this was an episode about hair back and forth. Yeah. To which I have to say, I'm very sad that song wasn't That would have been perfect. That would have been. It really would have, yeah. God damn it. Well, when the remake comes along. (laughs) When the Broadway show comes along. But yeah, so even even now with with Mattress, we're still struggling at times to to talk about stuff. And it's just because there's a lot of repetitiveness. 
and we would have would have served the um would have served the show better. But... I have a super nitpicky point about Matros. This um, is not something we do. I know. So it aired December second, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, I, I just have no concept of what time in the year this episode takes place because it aired in December. I don't recall anyone mentioning holidays, and then it's bright and sunny in Ohio because they're filming in Los Angeles. So, like, how long has passed since the first episode? Like, where? like Terry's pregnancy isn't real so her baby bump hasn't really where are we (laughs) what that's a really good point that's been quite a few months yeah is it because like the school year starts right the school year starts in September right so it's at least September if we are assuming that they are at the beginning of their sophomore year Mm -hmm. but Terry is at least what four or five months allegedly along right more than that yeah I forgot. well that puts us remember december like it january february but like no one's talked about christmas or anything and later seasons have christmas episodes so you can kind of like align yourself in a particular or like there's a prom so we all kind of know what time prom is but i have no fucking idea where we are in the year i, How, I, I, I wonder if you, I wonder yeah. if that's like a result of them not being entirely sure when they'd be aired. Maybe, yeah. Because they did that weird thing where they filmed the pilot a few months in advance and then they yeah. started filming the next. So they might not have had like a guarantee that they'd start in the fall. I don't know. Or if it was going to be a summer show or what. Yeah. It's just like, God damn. But that it does make for a strange timeline. It's just hard to like. It. it I, I think one issue with serialized television is that when we used to watch episodes week by week you kind of your brain filled in that unless something was said there's a week between episodes right or maybe that's Mm -hmm. just me but don't you get that feeling of like when you watch an episode every tuesday that a week has passed in in situ in the series and i just have no idea like quinn doesn't seem to be progressing at all in her pregnancy where terry is but it's fake, so who cares? But then no one's taking any sort of tests. So like, is that, are, are we halfway through the year? Are we, has a holiday occurred? Like, has anything happened? And it's not that yeah. important other than just like setting the realism of a show where you can kind of get yourself in place in time. And it doesn't help. Uh, it looks like Los Angeles. And there's, well, I don't know, for people who have never been to Los Angeles, time does not exist there because it's 82 and sunny most of the year so you just kind of lose track of where you are in existence and that kind of happens in this show it 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 is always the same weather pattern always it's always the same i think it's awesome because that means you never have to worry about what the fuck you're gonna wear because like you know you're always gonna wear the same thing but yeah, it does. Yes, kind of but there give is something really fuck fucked up. up about cooking a Thanksgiving turkey when it's 85 degrees. Look, <laughs> I'm just saying. Nothing for those wrong of with you that. Who I live for, for those of us who live in the southern regions of the world, the shittier places where it's hot. I melt who, when it's those like of us 70, with so. AC on all year round. Yeah, 
I had to turn the air conditioning on the other day and I got mad. But I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with, with Mandy's thought that they probably were like, let's, let's do these evergreen episodes. <laughs> um, so that they're always, you know, they they work no matter when we play them in the sense that they don't have to be played on certain times, even if it seems weird that to have like yeah. a sunny, bright Ohio day in the, in December. I, I mean, mean they, they fix honest. it later with their like themed episodes, but in this one, I just I get lost, man. The other the other option is that we didn't have Blaine, so we weren't able to have Christmas <laughs> duets. This is so true. therefore Christmas didn't fucking happen. There, the year without Christmas, <laughs> because June is no Blaine. Blaine. You know, so if we're if we're gonna briefly talk about Blaine, I'm just saying that like. This is his junior year, so isn't he having a pretty shitty? We were gonna briefly talk about Blaine. Pretty sure we were talking about him a lot. I say I'm actually physically pointing behind me, as if <laughs> as if I'm standing about there. what we just talked about. Oh. As, it, as it, exactly as if this conversation were physical and what Surprise. we said was behind me. I'm also standing directly behind you. It's very awkward. Sorry, uh, but yeah, the anyway, Christmas the timeline exists without is- Blaine. It, that is the the moral that I'm trying to come up with. Christmas yeah. didn't happen, ergo, we're in a timeless year with no time. <laughs> a year with no time. A year with no time. All right, I, I'll I'll buy it. It's cool. I'll buy it. I will I will make this show sci-fi if I have to. <laughs> um, I did try to Google because sectionals are coming up. I did try to Google when our show choir sectionals. Mm. Um, I couldn't find that. But I did find an article from um, a show choir that um, that was quoted in Wikipedia um, as uh, where's the where's the quote? Because it oh quoted exactly as the television show Glee does not accurately represent the environment of a real show choir. And <laughs> no, no that shit. is not no, thought it did. for this particular conversation, except that I really liked that. I like that that was what Wikipedia pulled out. Like, yeah. oh, thank you. I was not I was not aware of that until now. Appreciate Real it. Real show choirs are just like, could you stop making us look bad? Could you stop making this ridiculous? Come on. Anyway, but uh, one thing I I don't know, I hate to jump back to Terry's pregnancy, but because uh, we talked about it a lot earlier, but I, mean, I did. Kind of important. It was. Um, but I did find a, an article, not an article, a um, a from um, Jezelyn, who played Terry, saying that Terry's problem is that she keeps trying to go back to that moment in high school where it was like magic. She wants to live in that place. Uh, Will's obviously matured past that point, and she just doesn't have tools to communicate those insecurities. And I think it's interesting that that's how she sees it, considering it's the exact opposite. Yeah, like we are utterly opposite. And then I'm not. I don't necessarily think actors have the. Um, the the end all be all understanding of their character because no I don't either once once it gets edited and put on screen that's how it what matters is how the viewer you know partakes of it Mm -hmm. but yeah I think it's very interesting that the actress saw Terry as living in high school and I can see her trying to get back to that point where she and Will's relationship when it was high school was good but I don't see her trying to live back then like I see him trying to live back then. I see her trying to just get their relationship back to being good. 
Yeah. And when and, it was good, yeah. it was. Yeah. You know, like the last time that was a solid, or what they thought was a solid, good relationship was in high school. Yeah. So I, I think that is a very interesting uh, way that she saw, or just, you know, it's not, it's not what I would have. Um, I mean, yeah. Not what either, I saw, not what you guys saw either. So yeah. It's either what she saw or frankly, what she was told to say about the characters. Yeah. I, I think we can safely say that the things that actors say about their characters do not always reflect their true feelings about the characters. Mm-hmm. So that could have been like, that was the line that, that Murphy and co wanted her to think about the character and not necessarily yeah. again, what yeah. you say, what's on the page. And what's on the page is that Schuster is uh, a man baby. And yes. and, yeah. and then there there is something to be said that perhaps this was a, as you said, being told this is this is what her character is. And she's like, yeah. cool, okay. That's not how and this is that's not how it's received by people. Um if if people listening do agree with Jessalyn and disagree with how we see their relationship and how we see Terry and, and Will. Um, I always, please, please, please say something because I'm so curious how people see it other, otherwise. Yeah. I don't see that. Um, but, but welcome being told how you see it. Um, even if I disagree. I'd yes. like to hear it. So call in. Uh, Our lines are open. Yes. Call in. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be kind of funny to have a live, <laughs> we cannot have a live podcast. Nope. We can't yeah, keep our yeah. own shit there, together, what are you talking about? There is heavy editing, also <laughs> tangents that don't make it into the episodes. Oh yeah. Also, shade that doesn't make it into the episodes. There's a Just, lot to get FYI, aren't you now curious what shade is said that you don't get to yeah. hear? I bet you are. <laughs> There's minutes that just get cut yeah. out. Like, well, that's not appropriate to say. <laughs> Never mind. Ignore Bye. all that. Never mind. That's not relevant. Sort of. Sort of. It's tangentially, but well, tangentially. but not not directly. Anyway, so yeah, these these were interesting episodes. We come to a resolution with, um, at least with the pregnancy, and we'll get more fallout from it as we continue um, down the down the road um any any final thoughts on hairography or mattress dancing of hair um, the dancing of the dancing of mattresses or I... man babies or baby mans <laughs> uh no <laughs> i think i'm good no uh, no <laughs> i mean, no I mean I, you know we didn't talk at all about sue and as much as I love Sue, there was so little for her to do other than being the, I'm going to fuck over the Glee Club again. Like, yeah, but this time wasn't that important. Like, oh no, their photo's not. <laughs> like, yeah. And, you know, calling up or calling in on the, um, the mattress, whatever. It's not like this is the. Yeah. You really want to be like, you really need to up your game. And I think, yeah. And I, and I feel like Clint did that. She was like, we get all sorts of free shit. The fuck? Like, yeah, this was yeah, not up her your game best. You know what? Sue was having a lot of shit going on in her in her personal life, like at home. She had other shit going on. She just didn't have her. She didn't have her head in the game. It's cool. It happens. 
yeah, she was just busy doing other things. It's fine. She'll get back on it next couple episodes. Mandy, any any final thoughts or additional thoughts? No, I, I think I expressed everything that I feel <laughs> comfortable saying in a podcast. <laughs> That's another <laughs> podcast where we say yeah. all the other things. That, that's not recorded yeah. for posterity those are those are indoor thoughts <laughs> no we have that podcast we record it and then we sacrificially gather to delete the files <laughs> and burn them uh, uh, well, I see what about the um, rating hierography and mattress uh, oh. on a, the scale of Kevin how many Kevins because uh, Kevin got honestly. I need some singing. Half a Kevin. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But did we want? But did we want that singing? Like, I, yeah. I like his singing. I mean, I'm just glad when he does get to sing. So, yeah. it's like we we appreciate the Kevin that we were given, even though we don't entirely appreciate the the decisions that they made about what they gave him. Yes. So then, do we want to say one Kevin? Uh, is it like half each episode for a combined total of one? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that seems fair. Or we could do like a, a seven, uh, three fourths of a Kevin for for hierography, a quarter of a Kevin for mattress. That seems more fair, Kevin. honestly, yeah. because he was re- Yeah, he really wasn't in that one. So yeah, yeah. one Kevin. Yeah, so a, a sum total of one Kevin. Sum of a Kevin. Sum of a Kevin, and then like. You know, we'll say what we think, how it divides out, but like maybe our audience has a different feeling, and maybe it's seven eighths yeah. Kevin and one eighth Kevin. I'm who are we to say? We'll, maybe Kevin uh, can weigh in and say how much he thinks. And if you disagree and think there should be more Kevins, let us know. Yes. And as always, I'd like to extend <laughs> our frequent and continual uh, oh. invitation to Kevin if you would ever like to just randomly show up and discuss uh the show yeah i mean if we have kevin here do we really want to waste him talking about glee <laughs> or do we just want to have yes. like a chat with kevin well you know you yes chat about, yes you chat about glee with the mics on and then you talk to kevin with the mics off okay that's that's fair or enough. or have or turn the mics off and go uh so we have follow-ups to that <laughs> yeah and furthermore <laughs> to what you said earlier but no, that that invitation continues to stand. Um, please come talk to us. Oh. All right. Well, we uh, we discussed uh, thing of the hair and and a lot of songs that didn't matter, and then and then a mattress commercial and more songs that didn't matter and were not in the right for the right episode, except for jump. Jump was definitely worth yeah. it. Uh, other ones not so much. Uh, and then and then the baby drama that finally hit that we've been waiting for. Uh, for too however long. long we've been waiting, too long. Eleven episodes. It feels like it's been longer. Um, yeah. And then Rachel went back and forth deciding on what kind of a person she was, and w- and we're still not sure. <laughs> but at the end of it, we we we've got a Glee club that that took a group photo that got defaced, and are all together somehow. And. Terry and Chu are apart, and there's just all sorts of messiness that we're going on to from here. Is there anything that I might have missed? Um, no. 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 That sounds, that sounds no. right. No. Well, no. anyway, no. Well, that's what you uh, that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs>
At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit farmers.com or call 1 800 Farmers to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof, and we've even seen a car fall through a roof. Hey, babe! Your parents are here! But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.